Thank you for talking to me today in the Judge Business School's White Paper podcast. Professor Martin Kilduff, can you tell me what a network broker is? Yes, a network broker is somebody who bridges across social divides. So this is somebody who is uniting groups or people who themselves don't have connections, who might indeed um, have very little in common and who therefore would not normally interact. And so bringing people together in in ways that um, many of us might find difficult or awkward. Wouldn't people just say that's a networker and today's society is about networking? Anybody can be a network broker. Not really, because by networking, what most people mean is that they have lots and lots of friends or contacts. They have a big Rolodex or, you know, uh, lots of people uh, uh, that they can contact. And that's not the nature of brokerage. So brokerage is really about connecting people who themselves are not connected. So in that sense, you're performing a service for others, not just for yourself. You may indeed be benefiting yourself or or you may be getting stressed out and uh, just doing things on behalf of others, but you're bringing others together. So that's the real nature of, of brokerage. And I believe that you found certain personality types were suited to brokerage. Yes, in, well, one particular personality type. So this this is the difference between the chameleons of the world and the uh, true to themselves. In the technical language, this is the high self-monitors and the low self-monitors. So it's an issue... So there's a distinction here between brokers and people who have this particular personality uh, trait um, in the sense that you can be a broker for other reasons. But um, the research that I've done suggests that people who are skilled at presenting themselves in many different ways and adjusting their attitudes and behaviors to the demands of different social situations, different social groups... Um, like skillful politicians, if you like. You can think of people like Tony Blair or even Barack Obama who would fit this. Those are the people who tend to move into and do very well in brokering across social divides. And uh, Whereas other people who tend to stick up for their principles, um, who tend to adhere to their values and beliefs in ways that are not always productive perhaps, but nevertheless are seen as you know, very principled and true to their own, true to themselves, are much less likely to either be in that role or do very well if they happen to find themselves in that role. Yeah. Does it conform perhaps to introverts and extroverts? You know, did we know about these types of personalities before, i.e. that self-monitors were good brokers? Right. Well, you mentioned something very interesting there because um, the high self-monitors tend to be extroverts. Yes, they do. Um, but that is only part of what we mean by this particular personality trait. So it's not just a matter of being the life and soul of the party, for example, which is sort of extroversion, um, but also of being able to take the measure of the social situation and reflect somewhat accurately the views, opinions and behaviors and appearances indeed of the people that you are currently with. And that's a bit different from extroversion. I believe your study looked at expatriate Korean small business people. Tell us what you found. Yes, well, for these expatriate Korean business people, these are in French-speaking Canada, in a city in French-speaking Canada. And 
so for this particular sample, what we found was that, I mean, one of the reasons to study them, by the way, is that the expatriate Koreans, and there's lots and lots of them in North America, not so many in Britain, but there's you know, a quarter of a million or, or more that immigrated from Korea, South Korea. They form very distinct communities, and they have quite a lot of networking. They form their own churches and clubs and so on. It's very much in touch with each other, and they're running these small businesses, the grocery stores, laundry shops, and so on. Um, and uh, so what we found was that the chameleons, the high self-monitors among these Koreans, um, their acquaintances tended not to be acquainted with each other within the Korean community. And indeed, looking even further out, the acquaintances of those acquaintances were not acquainted with each other. So in a remarkable way, the personality of these individuals was cleaving through the whole social structure of the community, um, whereas the low self-monitors, the sort of true to themselves, they tended to surround themselves with people who knew each other. They were drawing their acquaintances, if you like, from one social pool among the Koreans in that community and going back to the pool and perhaps bringing, if people didn't know each other in their group, they would bring them over to the house and so on, introduce them all. So create a group around themselves so they can be themselves and let it all hang out and not have to sort of adjust and constantly figure out what sort of person am I going to be because I'm in a different crowd. It must be quite scary then for a, a low self-monitor to become a high self-monitor, to, to actually challenge themselves. But you end your paper by saying that you think people can be strategic and they can learn. They can learn. You, you, you can't actually change your personality. Uh, none of us can do that. And it wouldn't be a good idea to try. I mean, there are some personality traits you can change, but not self-monitoring. So, uh, you know, you can't become a high self-monitor. If you're a high self-monitor, you can't become a low. In fact, when you talk to these people, they don't. They would, they would, it would appear to be quite the last thing they would want to do. However, your personality is not the same as your behavior. We can learn to do all sorts of difficult things, you know. I mean, I learned to do higher calculus, which is not something that came easy to me. Or many of us learn foreign languages with difficulty or musical instruments. So if you're a low self-monitor and you have trouble talking to people who are quite different from yourself, for example, and you find it uncomfortable to go outside your group, that doesn't mean you can't learn to do it. You can, you can indeed learn to do it, uh, just as you can learn to do some sort of minimal you know, acting or self-presentation. These are things you can learn. Without changing your personality, you simply add some skills that don't come naturally to you, but that once you're alerted to the issues, you could indeed you know, learn, learn to do them. And by the way, it's not always the case that the high self-monitors have it all easy. I mean, they are much more skillful and they find it much easier to move between groups. But they also have a very hard time saying no to demands from those groups. They, they want to be agreeable. They want to make social interactions successful and they're often imposed on. At least that's the, the, some of the reports we get from them. Uh, because because of that, and which go ahead. Well, there's a few lessons there to to learn for a journalist who might be a high self monitor going out and and interviewing people like the situation. But but how does society gain from a high self monitor and these people? Right. Well, if you think about the way society is tends to operate, most of us most of the time like to be with people similar to ourselves, people who reaffirm our beliefs, who look like us or think like us, and so. The 
the drift would be for clusters of like-minded people to form, to reaffirm each other and to be with each other. And if that is the case, then you have a strange situation. If you zoom out and look down on the world, what you would see was everybody under the, the impression that they are connected, that they are living in a connected world, uh, having wonderful social interactions. But overall, what we have we've got is a fragmented world of clusters of like-minded people who are not talking to each other. And it's the brokers who, who manage that whole system and facilitate um, communication between these groups, knowledge flow, and bring news from one group to the other, and indeed take information or important resources in one group and, if you like, sell it to the other group. They don't, it's not just a passive process. And it's more likely that those brokers are going to be high self-monitors who find this uh, rather congenial and they enjoy adapting and, and being different people in different situations in ways that uh, many of us do not. So do you think we're now living in an age of the network broker and the high self-monitor simply because we're living in a global internet age? Yeah, I think, yes. If you, if, my guess would be that if you look back over human history to the time when we were all in, you know, tribal groups where, we, where it was important for us to be with each other and look with suspicion on, on the other group, we're now in an age where it's much easier to move between groups. And certainly, in, if we're talking about modern organizations, that's certainly the case. And so um, the world of the modern organization seems to be set up for the high self-monitors. The research that I've done suggests they get ahead, they're on a faster promotion track, they get higher performance ratings. The things they are doing are regarded as valuable, and, and they get rewarded for this. And certainly there's other, other research showing that People who are brokers, not necessarily looking at their personalities, but successfully performing this brokerage role is predictive of higher salaries, faster promotions, and so on. And that's because um, it's vitally important that these densely, these dense clusters that tend to form and, and stabilize be joined together and so that the overall work of the organization and indeed the world be facilitated somehow or other so we're not fragmenting into separate groups with separate interests and mutual incomprehension. And so the message is you might not be a high self-monitor, but actually you can't change your personality, although you can learn this skill. Yes, I mean, one of the reasons to do this research and perhaps to inform people of their personality orientation is not to say your fate is now sealed and, you know, you must live with whatever the... But, but to say, well, look, you have this orientation. Things are comfortable for you doing this if you're a low self-monitor, hanging out with people just like yourself. Maybe it would be a good idea to get outside your comfort zone, go to events that you not, wouldn't normally go to where there are people you don't know. You know, take a different route around the building. Stop and say hello to people that you would normally not have the time for because that's going to give you a different sense of, of what's going on in the organization. It's going to move you rather step-by-step step into brokerage roles that are going to benefit you and your career. And on the other hand, if you're a high self-monitor and you wonder why you're overwhelmed with obligations that you didn't really want to take on, well, you realize, well, this is just the way you are, and that difficult as it might be, you have to maybe start stealing yourself to say no and find diplomatic ways without upsetting everybody to... Um, to reserve some of your time for the things that are your priorities, because otherwise 
along with this personality that you have comes uh, some drawbacks that is you're 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 trying too much to please others Professor Martin Kilduff, some good tips there. Thank you very much indeed for talking to us today in the Judge Business School's White Paper podcast. Thank you very much, Bonnie.